Welcome to a podcast by Kaylee, the gateway to unlocking your unlimited potential. I'm creating an army of six and seven figure makeup artists, and I want you to join me. In this podcast, I'm going to be crushing gatekeeping, opening the doors to the knowledge you need and deep diving into the topics that can push us to the next level. Be prepared for epic guests and answers to the questions you have always wanted to know. No more small business, no more just a makeup artist. The beauty industry is a $250 billion industry and you're in it. Let's get ready to open those gates. This is a podcast by Kaylee. Today on a podcast by Kaylee, we are so incredibly lucky to be talking to the impeccable Rebecca Carpenter Photography. As soon as I concepted a podcast by Kaylee, I knew. I absolutely knew I had to get Rebecca on, but she is one of the most busy people that I know. So I had to pick my timing right and we nailed it, guys. We've got her on. Rebecca is a stunning elopement and destination photographer. Her wedding photography looks like it could come straight out of Vogue magazine. And I'm so incredibly lucky to call her a friend for the pretty much the entire of her career. It has been an honor and a privilege to watch her become the badass businesswoman that she has become. Rebecca's career has been relatively short, if you think about it. She has actually only been in business for six years, but I'm telling you, she has taken the wedding industry by storm. If there is one person that I can think of that really truly shook things up and just pushed all of her peers to be better, it is Rebecca. Not only that, Rebecca now flies around the world shooting her remarkable wedding photography. She hosts workshops abroad. She has an incredible education business and she is just one of the most in-demand photographers that I know. And the one thing that I'm so inspired by all the time is Rebecca's incredible work ethic. And you're going to see from this podcast interview how humble she is. I also want to honor Rebecca because she gets extremely real and raw in this podcast with her experiences with burnout, with taking on too much work, Work and how that has affected her family and how present she has been in her home life. This is something that is not talked about a lot and is something that I'm really grateful for Rebecca to just opening those doors and breaking down those barriers a little bit. We talk a lot about mum guilt today. We talk about the ever pursuit of balance in our work lives. And we talk about perhaps some of the not so great things that happen when you are absolutely killing it in your business. I really want to honor Rebecca for this because she really did not hold back. She was so truthful and honest. And I feel like that's what we all need to hear sometimes. That even when you are fully booked, when you are killing it, when you're at the top of your game, it is not all sunshine, peaches and roses. This is an extremely raw, real podcast episode where it's basically two friends chatting. This is not dissimilar to what me and Rebecca talk about when we've met up for dinner in the past. So I hope you enjoy this more casual podcast episode today. Get ready to fall in love with Rebecca as much as I love her. Please welcome the incredible, the epic Rebecca effing Carpenter. How are we? Oh my gosh, it's been too long. Kay. Why has it been this long? Why has it been so long? I don't know. It's not like I've been like crazy busy or anything. Lol. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, I have been busy and so have you. But I've loved just following you from afar. Yeah. Just by Kaylee. Girl, you are smart. Can we just take a moment for your intro? Can we just like have a moment of <laughs> silence? Dun, 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 dun. Hey, I had to text you. I was like, oh my gosh, it is giving apprentice. It is giving like 
badass. I, I was like, oh shit, she she oh by the way, can I swear on this? What's the deal? Yeah, yeah, swear. Okay, cool. Cool. <laughs> okay, cool. Brilliant. I was like, oh shit, she ain't she ain't messing about. She is coming. I was I was pumped. I texted you, I was like, Kaylee, I feel very motivated listening to your intro to your podcast. I appreciated it. I love it. Thank you. I mean, it. Who did I think I was? I just found that audio and I was like, that's the one. You're Kaylee, mate. It's, it says a lot. I love how every podcast has like, like either like little inst like violins or piano or like cool funky. Yours is like boom. I was like, yes. <laughs> it's, set, it's setting the tone. Brilliant. <laughs> I'm so here for that text. You know, go hard or go home with your intro. So exactly. How are we? I'm loving your little setup. Oh, I'm loving your look at yours. Is like mood lighting. This is this is my office. I've got my lucky Chinese cat. I've got a Joe Malone candle and then a Joe Malone dupe. Other brands are available. Um, a lot of it is for aesthetics. Oh, <laughs> I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Oh my gosh. Right. So your mic is so good, by the way. Like, I feel like you oh, could do thanks. ASMR with that mic. Oh, listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's nice. It's crispy. We've definitely set the tone. Whether you choose to use as part of your recording, I'll leave up to you. I mean, the main reason that I record from the very beginning is because there have been several times where I've forgotten. So. You say that I did a podcast recording, which was gold, and she didn't record the audio. And we were like, we had to leave it. And she's like, it's, we can't recreate it. So I think we're going to leave it for a few years. But she was devastated, in short. Lars like, that's the thing of podcasts. You can't recreate them. It is just, yeah. Yeah. Well, first of all, I just want to say the biggest thank you. I know how busy you are. Like I strategically asked you around this time of year because I know how busy you are. Okay. So thrilled. So much gratitude. And the fact that you've like turned down so many means the world. Like, thank you. I love you. I I was saying earlier to to John, my husband, I not just say this, but I have so much to thank you for. Like you gave me my first major styled shoot for context in case people are wondering. Um, you and Valentina, lovely Valentina, messaged me years and years ago when you're doing your Disney princess styled shoot collection and you messaged, well, emailed me and said, we're going to do sleep. And I literally just replied saying, yes, I'm in. And I hit send and I didn't even reply like proper, that's, that's just me all over. All caps. Yeah. Just, that's just me all over. And that shoot changed so much. That was the first time I got published and rocked my wedding. It was the first big major shoot I did with that scale of production and team. And I remember just walking in and there, there, were, there were you, like it was a little bit drizzly, wasn't it that day? And you were doing the makeup in the kind of conservatory bit, wearing your little anorak and your coat and it, it changed so much. So I'm, I would do anything for you, Katie. Like I have so much of my career and, um, foot in for kind of shoots to make for you. So thank you. It was, it was massive. That was probably my second style shoot I ever did maybe. Wow. Oh my gosh. I mean, it, it's not just that. I mean, we're going to get into your entire career in this podcast mm-hmm. episode, but to play a small part feels great. <laughs> Pat me on the back. Major, <laughs> massive. So shout out to Kaylee and Valentina for giving me a chance this unknown chick rocking up and I still can't get over how you managed to source a real spinning wheel like that I would never forget being like what where did you get that from (laughs) I still have that thing no you don't yeah it's in like a shed somewhere 
Yeah. Why not? Just bring it out for like a Halloween party for the lols. But what are you going to do with it? How are you going to resell that? No, no. I mean, it was from a little old lady was selling it. She said, I remember her messaging me on Facebook and she said, it still works if you want to use it for like spinning wool. And I was like, oh, that's really cute. So I don't know. I don't feel like I can give it up now. It's part of history. (laughs) It is. It's so significant. I love how it still works. Like, yeah, for like spinning the wool or princesses or like enchanting spells. (laughs) So... I just feel like I had, I really had to get you on, not only because we're friends, not only because I'm just the biggest admirer of your work from afar, but also because you're a key member of the dream team and I've had two of them on. So I had to get the third and I've got to get Russell on eventually. You've got got to, the fab four, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to go through them all. I had to do it. I had to do it. So let's rewind. Let's rewind a little bit because every single podcast episode, I start by asking how you got your humble beginnings. I feel like everybody loves this question. Everybody loves hearing about people's history. So would you mind telling us who you are, what you do in case people don't know and where it all began, including, please, can you talk about Hamleys? Of course, of course. <laughs> what point do we get? Yeah, so it's all connected. Hi, everybody. I'm Rebecca Carpenter I'm from Rebecca Carpenter Photography. And I have been shooting weddings now. I believe this is my sixth year. Controversial. People are like, what? I've been shooting weddings for six years. And before I was a wedding photographer, I've had a very colorful, very colorful CV. And in the recruitment world, we call people like me a job hopper. I just call it life skills and life experience. But a recruiter would say, she's a job hopper. My background is musical theatre and dance. So I pursued, once I graduated, um, I went to London, did the big move to London to, you know, do musical theatre and do auditions. Turns out I, I wasn't good enough. That's that's the truth. So I did audition for stuff or it would be a case of I was too Oriental, too Asian for stuff for like a role that wasn't suitable or I wasn't Asian enough for Miss Saigon. So it was a, it was a really tough one. And the musical theatre world is brutal. And around that sort of time, I, I kind of decided, oh, I, I could do television presenting. So I pursued that as well. So I did I did the shopping channel for a while and did a few little freelance gigs. And in between doing that, I had a million jobs. And I mean, like selling shots and roller skates, working at China White's, dancing on a podium, flyering, uh, waitressing, um, pro, promo girl, call center, everything. Um, ended up at Hamley's Toy Store, not once, not twice, three times, maybe four times. It became a joke. I was the girl that would work. There's seven floors at Hamley's for context. There's seven floors. And I I worked on probably like three or four of them at some point and then head office. (laughs) I think probably why, because I am just a child at heart. I've got quite a young spirit and I've always felt connected to children. I just always have. And I have an expert knowledge in children's toys, which isn't very helpful unless you're in the children's toy industry. (laughs) It turns out. Cut a long story short, I then moved and did it at Harrods, where in Harrods toy department and then I was a party princess god Kaylee this is ridiculous isn't it this is like we're really going back what's amazing is people will say like why did you do that because I had bills to pay and living in London isn't cheap and I think I was still trying to discover what it is I wanted to do what I wanted to be and in your 20s that's what your 20s are for I think they are for that kind of growing and experimenting and trying things and I was very much like yeah cool nah, next thing. And that is just what it was like. And party princessing. And I loved that. So I had a whole team and then cut a long story short of that. I got a legal letter from Disney. Yes. 
true story. And I, I shut my business down and it was it was heartbreaking. Um, but what I learned from that was how to set up a business, how to create a business out of thin air, how to build a website, how to market a business. So if I was to set up a business, another business tomorrow, I could do it with my eyes closed because I know it's the same formula. And if you were to say, okay, what would you need to do? Content every single day, because if you have content, you can sell something, anything. If you've got good quality photographs showing the product you're selling, you can sell it. So that was kind of what I did. So I was always that friend of the camera. I had my kind of fashion blogger days. So I did that. So I was always very confident with a camera. And then I just had, I always had a love of weddings and I would attend weddings as a guest. I'd watch the photographer and I'd be like, oh, why have they missed that moment? That was a good shot. Why did they miss that? And I was thinking, what, you know what, I could do this. And then I did. And I invested, I had one camera and I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do this thing. And my manager at Hamley's actually really helped me in so many ways. She gave me, you know, smart goals you do at work, you know, um, oh gosh, if you were to tell me what the acronym stands for now. Oh, wait, let's try. Specific, specific measurable, 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 achievable. Uh, a, achievable, yeah. R, R, T is time related. And What's R, R, I think is realistic. Ah, oh, yeah. So she set me a smart goal. And at the time I was kind of dabbling in the idea of wedding photography and she did a smart goal with me. I was like, okay, I'm going to be a wedding photographer. And she's like, okay, write it down. And I, I, I guess I did, even though I was working for her, lol. And then long story short, she was said, oh, my friends are getting married. They need a photographer. They haven't got tons of money. Will you do it? I was like, yes, I'll do it. Borrowed a second camera from somebody at Hamley's top tip if you're shooting your first wedding make sure you have two cameras I couldn't afford a second camera shot it and I loved it and I was hooked and it made the front cover of a magazine like it's 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 nuts yeah it, I just felt when I was doing it that oh this is what I was always meant to do and it all made sense and I look back and are those photos perfect heck no they are the composition the editing the lighting like the storytelling it's really higgledy-piggledy but for a first shot like not bad, um, but it, it gave me a taste of what I could do. And then it kind of just took off from there. And I just continued shooting. And then I went full time under a year of starting. Incredible, incredible. So for a bit of context, I've actually followed Rebecca since you were a fashion blogger. How how funny <gasps> is that? Wait, have, wait, have, I didn't know this. I think I bought it. You up. told me this. Maybe. Did you have a Twitter? No, never had. I'm not very good with words, Kaylee. So <laughs> I, I found you from Hello Miss Jordan, who is yeah. another fashiony blogger, and I followed her since like 2013. And she she's talked amazing. about you. She's really cute. She talked I about you, her. and then I started following you, and I followed you for maybe I remember you getting that magazine cover. So oh. that that's like the era that we're talking about. So to see some context, you grow into what you've become now, which is just, I mean, it, it's shook the industry. I remember when you just after Sleeping Beauty, you were getting like a little bit of hate from some industry dinosaurs because you were the kid yeah. that came and shook everything up. Do you know that about yourself? No, I, I don't. I've, trust me, I've seen the hate. Of course I have. And I know what people say because people tell me. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I have got many comments and I, I know what they say as in who does she think she is? She doesn't know. She's been doing this styled shoots, styled shoots, not even any real weddings. She doesn't know what she's doing. Like, yeah, it's I've 
received. And when you have a YouTube as well, you open yourself up to an even larger audience of hate. So it's, it's made me very thick skinned and it's made me very resilient. And that is what you need in this industry, resilience, without a doubt. But one thing I've always admired is you've always talked about it really openly and honestly, like you were always like put on your stories, what the dinosaurs have said, and you'll call them <laughs> out on it. And I just, I've always loved that about you. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, th- I think I think it's so important to keep it real and to be honest because it can be such a lonely place being self-employed. And I've learned, I think the the best advice I can give to somebody who is a small business owner or business owner, business, let's say business owner, is that the sooner you branch out and network of other people, that is when you will flourish and grow and learn because so many people are like, oh, leads are really precious. This client is mine. Oh, booking, booking, booking. It's like, if I speak to that person, they're my competition. They're not your competition. They're not. The sooner you get out of that mindset, it would change everything. You can, I could not have gone through COVID that year without my friends in the industry, full stop, because you need those people to lean on, to ask advice from and just check in with. It's so important. So yeah, I'm always really, really honest because I think lots of us are going through the same thing, but, but lots of us don't say. I, I love I love sharing the other side of it. I think it's really important. So we'll get to that. I want to do a whole section on your Instagram because it's literally the best. But now I want to, I really want to dive into the career trajectory that I just touched upon and how you've been doing it six years, right? Which is such a small amount of time, really, when you think of like the things that you've achieved. And sometimes it takes like over a decade to get to where you've got. What do you think was the difference between, why Why do you think the dinosaurs got so shook up by you? Oh, the million dollar question. Um, <laughs> I, I think I think it's a combination of things. And I always say to people, I know that my superpower is me and my personality. And I know that, and this is the same with any creative, that no one will see things the way you do. No one will do things the way you do. And for me, I'm incredibly impatient. It's a blessing and a curse being impatient and being just so forceful. And for me, I love I'm very much like, I want it done yesterday with stuff. I'm like, right, I want it done. If I have an idea, I will run with it. I'm not someone to be like, oh yeah, I'm thinking of, I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this. That's just how I roll. I do have a massive sense of urgency. And I think that's definitely a strength of mine. I'm not one to kind of put things off and make excuses because with business time, you, you, you are just so focused on time. And I, I knew that with, with kind of shoots and content that if I sat on it, that's not going to help me. And I always say this to photographers and creators, if you've got beautiful content, beautiful imagery, share it, don't sit on it because that could be a day wasted and done is better than perfect. And yes, I've posted some stuff. I think, oh gosh, I could have edited that out. Oh, that's doesn't matter. It's done. It's doesn't, perfection doesn't, doesn't exist. We'd love it to, but it doesn't exist. People say, oh, I'm thinking of doing the thinking of doing a website. Just, I say to people, just do it because that's one of my only regrets is I wish I started sooner. I did everything at such a speed and such a force that I I, I really just wanted to stand out. And yeah, a really good example is when I first started, I think I was probably shooting a couple of months and I got an inquiry and I was like, ooh, but it was actually an inquiry of hate and I'll never forget when I got it. And oh, it makes me feel sick even just talking about it now. And it said, lack of experience, use of presets, uh, where the real weddings, yawn. Yeah. This is the one that I'm thinking of. Did you, and you put it on your story, right? 
I put it on because I, I at the time when I got it, I know that I definitely cried. Of course I did. It was I, I was thinking, well, what? How is the, how is somebody taking the time to go onto my website, fill out an inquiry form, and put that energy into somebody they don't know and hit send like that's that's really savage. Like on reflection now, I think that was the best thing that could have happened to me in that time of business because I shared all my stories because I was shocked and I was just, because I know they probably followed me without a doubt. And I just said, you know, that's a real shame that you feel that way. What a waste of energy. And then I left it that and I thought, you know what, I'm going to show you. I'm, if you're not going to invite me into your world, I'll build my own stage. And I want to be so big that you cannot miss my work, that you cannot go anywhere without seeing my imagery. So that was my kind of... <laughs> That definitely lit a fire even more in me to, to drive it even more. I was like, you know what? Screw you, you shitty little inquiry. I'll show you. And there's nothing like success to kind of, you know, get a bit of revenge. And I just, I just kept going, but I never forgot it. And I kept it and I saved it for years and years. And then I shared it, I think maybe last year, because I was like, then I kind of did a montage like, hey, don't worry about it. It's okay. Because this is what I've learned. Not everybody's going to love you. Not everybody's going to rate you because that's just how it is with humans. But don't take it too personally. We do because our business is us. It is personal. It's just us. Everyone, you are everything into your business and it's really important. But I say to people, just remember if they are talking about you, it's probably a good thing. (laughs) Don't let it hold you back. Don't let it affect you. Don't let it stop you from doing things because if I took that on and thought oh gosh I do do styled sheets oh I do use presets but then I was like you know what so what I did is I sold that preset to thousands of people around the world I did ramp up the styled shoots and I started doing styled shoot workshops so I was like that's what you can do so I used it for good but in terms of the speed that stuff happened I I don't know it's it's weird because when you're in it you don't really see it but then when you look back and reflect you're like oh yeah like a lot has happened but for me I'm very much someone who likes to look forward and it's again a bad my husband always says like be present be present and that's the great thing about my husband he definitely balances me because I can be quite extreme but I, I know it's it's a strength <laughs> and again not such a great thing because I'm constantly thinking okay what can I do to be better what can I do to improve like I'm always looking ahead when I have to often remind myself stop Rebecca be present look at what you're doing now this is what you so many years ago wanted and dreamed and worked for. And that's what I have learned these last few years massively. To answer your question, that definitely went on a tangent. I think I answered your question. <laughs> you did, you did. I mean, I guess from my perspective as somebody who is looking in and at your career, I think the reason that person said that, I mean, first of all, that person like 100% sees your work all the time and absolutely hates it. And I just hope that they <laughs> that they know that they played quite a part in that. So <laughs> that is yeah. like tea best served, like well done. <laughs> but thanks. From my perspective, to just, just 
I think it was because you really came in as such a force to be reckoned with. You like you were so different to other photographers. You were so driven. You were so like out there. Your work was out there. Your work was like different to other people's work. I don't know. I just think you really bulldozed into the London wedding industry. And I think it threatened a lot of people and you know what? It's a good thing because it will push them to be better. So that's why you received that hate comment because they could see you were a force. Oh, the less old 2017 move. <laughs> Give her a hug and be like, it's okay. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Only she could see what she's going to become. Right? <laughs> oh, gosh. But you never forget those things, do you? And that's the thing with what we do. You always remember the hey, you always remember the bad comments. And those are the stuff that stays with you. But I say to people, use that as fuel and use that fuel for fire. So use that. Absolutely. So fast forward a few years now from 2017, Rebecca, things are different now, right? Like your career is crazy. So would you mind filling us in? What has happened from 2017 to 2023 and all the craziness in between? God, so much. Um, I think I always say to people the first couple of years, I think you're still trying to discover what it is as a creative and as a business person, your type of client, what everyone says, idol client, idol client. I think it takes you years, truthfully, to figure out, I use the term soulmates personally. I think it takes you years to figure out who are your client soulmates, what sort of things you enjoy shooting or working on. And I use the first couple of years for that. I would just say yes to everything. I was a yes girl. I was like, yes, 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 yes. Cause you just want those bookings. You want to get experience. And I was new and I would shoot in every possible venue and every possible light type of light to learn, to kind of, you know, harness your craft. So I used those years for, and I loved it. On the flip side, it was extreme. I was shooting double weddings, triple weddings, four weddings in a row. And I was always told, Rebecca, don't do a triple wedding. It's it's photography suicide. Don't do it. Like it's it's really tough. And yeah, it is. I, I, we've all done triple weddings. <laughs> Um, and it does happen sometimes because of the calendar works, but it's it's a killer, especially you do it back to back. Um, adrenaline does wonderful things for the body. I, so I use those years for that to figure out what it was I wanted to shoot. And then I kind of started figuring out what sort of things that made me happy, what sort of things set my soul on fire, and then found a love for destination and realized that was my calling. And then the pandemic happened and that taught me to stop for the first time. And everyone has a different experience with that year. Mine was a really interesting one because as photographers, we couldn't shoot. We had to obviously just stop. And for me, it was the first time I stopped in years. And as we know, I've, I said before, I am just constantly shooting, constantly on the go. It made me stop for the first time in years and reflect and lots it's, lots of things came out of the pandemic for me for the better I would say I, I felt like it was a massive time of growth and reflection so for me my biggest blessing of of that time was I felt pregnant um after you know trigger warning here like years of infertility years and that is the blessing of that that we stopped and I had that time and also it taught me to diversify my business because I had to because I wasn't eligible for any grants because I was a limited company I was relative news I didn't get any money from the government so I was like well I can't photograph I can't shoot so I started I dipped into digital products 
because I had to. Um, and even though I was like, I'm never selling my preset, never doing that, I, I kind of had to. So I sold my soul. Um, and it taught me that it's it's not a bad thing. Like people don't edit like you, even though if you give them the exact same ingredients, they will interpret it differently. And people do. I see it all the time on my other account. Um, so I started selling my presets and then I was like, oh, I think there's something in this. And you're the same. You have loads of digital stuff in your kind of um, your shop as well. And that's what it taught me was, was to diversify your business. And then that happened. And then the recovery year from that. And then, yeah, juggling work and motherhood. And that's kind of where I'm up to now, 2023. I feel like you're so humble, though. <laughs> like you have left out some huge things like... I mean, so for some context, for everybody who's kind of maybe overseas and doesn't know, just go onto Rebecca's account right now and look at her work. Just just go and look at it because <laughs> you are flying all over the world to shoot weddings now. In fact, this is why, full, full disclosure, Rebecca has always been my dream wedding photographer when the time comes. I don't think she'll do it in the UK anymore. <laughs> Kaylee, I will go where you go. I've said this. I was like, look, mate, wherever you go, I'm there. I'm there. I said this to you. I really don't know if it's going to be Vogue enough. <laughs> like it won't fit oh, in. Stop it. It's not about that for me. It isn't. I said, and I've learned this. It's not about that. If you guys are in love, which you guys are, and you connect with me and my work and I can truly be myself and we can just have a great time. That's for me. Soulmate client. For me, my best photos are the ones where I've connected with the couple on a personal level every single time. And you can tell with photos because the level of trust is different. And if I have a crazy idea, I'd be like, hey, should we do this? And they're like, yeah, go for it. Because we're close enough to do that. And I know that you would just let me do that. I would. <laughs> you have full creative freedom <laughs> over everything. But it's really interesting because I would say just looking at your business, because obviously it has been a few years since we've kind of really, really caught up. Your ideal client has definitely, like you said, has changed so much from when we last worked together. And now I thought your ideal client would be solely the destination bride. It's not. Nah. Nah. I I think it's changed again. <laughs> I know this this is this is what I constantly have a battle with. Like destination definitely is a strength of mine because I love working on location. If you just put me anywhere in a location I've never I've never been to before, I'm like, right, let's go. That I love, I thrive on. That I'm shooting something completely unique and magical in whatever type of light I have. And I love all the elements that come with destination. However, doing that constantly with a toddler and a husband is not sustainable all the time. And that's what last year taught me. Balance. Even though I truly believe balance doesn't exist. It doesn't. People say, how do you balance motherhood and work? You don't. You don't. Either one is up and one is down. One area you're smashing, one area you're not, and it's it. That's the absolute truth. When you might be thinking, "Oh, like I'm doing great in this part of motherhood. I, I was there, I was present for that," and then something's waiting, or you haven't got back to that thing, or you haven't edited that, or you said no to that. So it's it's a constant battle as a mother, and I'm sure lots of parents who are listening to this can resonate with that that you can't you can't smash it. it it's impossible it is I would love to speak to any mum who is smashing business and parenthood I have yet to speak to them um because 
you're constantly, constantly trying to juggle it constantly. So that's, yes, I think now going forward, I I feel like I need to balance it more, even more. And this year I've had way more UK weddings and I've been like, oh, okay, this has reignited my love for the UK. Welcome back. So you'll be seeing more UK photos. You'll be seeing more UK weddings, Kaylee. And that's the truth. But it was, it was a really tricky one because I, I hammered the destination photographer marketing so hard, like so hard. And that's that's the thing I would say to people, share what you want to shoot. If that's what you love, share it. And I did. And then that, that's all I got, which is great. But I'm also like, oh, I'd have to be away from home four days. Ooh, like I, I can't miss the Halloween party because she loves that. I can't. That's our anniversary. I can't do that. Yeah. Going forward, I will be doing more UK. This podcast is brought to you by The Level Up Club, my monthly membership for makeup artists. Imagine a place created with done for you monthly resources and coaching, literally everything you need to create and scale a profitable, thriving makeup business. Well, it exists and it's called the Level Up Club. I am so proud of this membership. I literally poured my heart and soul into it. Inside, you will find monthly Canva templates, monthly stock images, social media calendars, email templates, workflows, pro program lists, agency lists, monthly coaching and conversations with the people who can help smash gatekeeping. I'm talking agency owners, PRs, top makeup artists and experts they're all inside and not only that but monthly in-person events we have already held portfolio days headshot days branding days and so much more is coming the club is taking the mystery out of making money your makeup business doesn't have to be make-believe and i'm showing you how and guess what it's only 30 pounds a month in london that's literally two hot chocolates i'm not even kidding So come and join us, the only membership I promise you'll ever need. Now, back to the pod. (laughs) Welcome back. I'm very pleased to hear that as a selfish, (laughs) hopeful (laughs) way to be. (laughs) I think we've touched on something really interesting because a a lot of guests, they will come on and, you know, I love that they come on and they confidently are like, this has been my career trajectory. And it's been very like, you know, this is what you do. Here's the formula X, Y, and Z. But I love that you're saying that you have almost learned something and pivoted almost every single year. Like you hammered the destination thing. Oh, might need to pull that back. I love that you're open and vulnerable enough to to speak to that. That's amazing. I think that that's the thing with business is that there is no manual. There's so many, I listen to so many business podcasts and I take little bits from different people and there's no straight answer for how to smash it in business because we all have different lives, different needs, different wants and different lifestyles. And you're constantly learning and constantly pivoting. And, but that, that's a good thing. You should be doing that. You should, cause that's nothing comes, you know, nothing grows from your comfort blanket and your safety zone. Look at all of us. We were like happily plodding along doing weddings and then bam, the pandemic, none of us could have predicted that. None of us could have prepared for that. 
nobody. There was no guide on how to handle that. None of us knew. So I say to people, you know, you can't, you should constantly be learning and changing. And for me, I'm not the same photographer I was six years ago. I'm not the same person I was two years ago, three years ago. And lots of those things have taught me things and that it's okay to say no to things. If you have a gut feeling or something, say no, listen to your gut. That's what I will say is listen to your gut because it's always, it's pretty much always right. And business, I think, is a constant learning curve, constantly. This year has taught me that. This year is different to last year, like completely different to last year and the year before that. And I, w- I, w- I would love to say that I have it all figured out, but I don't because it's always some sort of curveball thrown. But I think that's great. I think that's what keeps it exciting. Keeps it um, spicy. <laughs> keeps it spicy. It's just a plot <laughs> twist. <laughs> um, is what I say. So yeah, that I think... But that, I think that's the beauty of being your own boss because I think I, would, I I can't work for anybody else. I can never do that again. But being your own boss is that you can decide with what you want to do and what kind of path you want to take. And you are the master of your career destiny. I do kind of fully believe that with with work and business and how things change and change is good. I'm really honestly happy for you because I feel like you found your sweet spot. You've you've kind of found where you're supposed to be from these experiences. And do you think even though balance is not achievable, and I'm glad that you said that, but do you feel a little bit more balanced in the year that's just been? Yes, definitely. Even though, like I said, balance isn't, but when you kind of hit rock bottom, let's be completely honest here, when you have burnout and every business owner, you will go through burnout, it's inevitable because you don't know your limits until you reach your limit. And we get this kind of hit from a booking, don't we? We get a deposit and we're like, yes, go, go, go. And you can't explain it, but you know it when you have that contract signed, that deposit paid, and then you just say, yes, 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 because it's exciting. And then you do the work, you get burnt out, and and then you realize, oh, this is too much. But you need those moments to think, okay, going forward, I'm not going to do that again. I'm not going to shoot a wedding and then land and then go to another wedding straight away because that's just not that's not sustainable and not good for your energy levels because weddings are intense. You, as a photographer, as, as someone, a creative makeup artist, you are up stupid early. You are the first in as a makeup artist. As a videographer, you're on your feet 10, 12 hours. You're up and down. You don't eat. You're doing intermittent fasting, but you don't know you're doing that <laughs> until the end of the day. Um, so your diet's all over the place and then you get fed whatever's there and then you're eating thirsty pigs, you're eating sweets, so your diet isn't great. So everything is all over the show. Um, so you kind of, but then you, you need those times when it, when you are exhausted and reflect. And that's what happened last year. I did, professionally, I was on top of the world. Literally, I was, I went to the ends of the earth last year. And while professionally, it was incredible and I loved it. My home life, I, I wasn't home nowhere near as much as I should have been. And, and then I would be away and I'd be homesick and watching videos of my baby and, and then being like, this is, I've, I've done too much. I went to the extreme and then I stepped back and I was like, right, so what do I need to do to change this? So then I, I did the whole, well, increase your prices, charge more to shoot less. So I am home more. And then that's what this year has been. I've cut in half what I did last year. And while that's taken a lot for me to kind of get used to, because I was so used to shooting, what, 40 weddings a year, 30 weddings a year with a family is 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 not realistic. And yeah, you, you by all means, if you want to shoot 50, 60 weddings, go for it. But 
it, shooting it is not the hard part. It's the editing. It's the offboarding. It's all of the after. It's the aftercare. That sort of thing takes up a lot of work. So this year has been half of that, and I have been way more present than I've ever been. Like way more, and. I haven't missed out on the important things and had family holidays and been there to take her to dance class and made mum friends and really invested in me and my family this year. That's what this year has been. for. I think it's been the same for lots of people. When I speak to other creatives about 2023 and let's be really honest, this year has been quieter in terms of inquiries and how busy it is. But at the same time, you've I've had that time with my family and to focus on other things, which I wanted to do, which I put off for so long. Like, oh, that really needs updating. That needs doing. So that's what 2023 has been like for me. (laughs) I mean, I'm really happy that you've got to that place because burnout is so not a fun place to be in. And I think your whole squad, Queen Valentina, she spoke on a very similar thing where 2022 was just the year of burnout. I guess what I would love to know, because I know some people are probably having their 2022 year in 2023. So if there is somebody right now who's going through those depths of burnout, where they actually might be professionally on paper doing really, really well, what advice do you have for them in making that switch to just a teeny bit more balance? Outsource. As soon as you can afford to outsource outsource. That was a game changer for me. For context, I had three VAs. Three, Kaylee. Three. (laughs) Um, (laughs) They all do different things. I have a TikTok VA who does my TikTok. I have an education VA who does all my education side. And then I have a photography VA who does all my admin and my dubsado and all the behind the scenes things. And I know the, the, the biggest kind of pushback and objection people say with outsourcing, I can't afford it. I can't afford it. Because yes, it, it does it does cost money to outsource. However, as soon as you stop doing the things you're not so great at, you can spend more time doing the things you are good at. For example, a photographer doesn't earn money from editing. We earn money from shooting. So as soon as you outsource, you get your life back. Um, you get massive freedom. And it turns out people can do what you do better. For me, I I know my weaknesses as a person and as a businesswoman. I am not great at email. I am not great with words. I am horrific at, yeah, just all the admin side because my strengths as a person are shooting people, photographing people and and editing. But as soon as you kind of delegate other things that you've been putting off or which eat up your time, you have more time to do the stuff that does make you money and that gives you that time back as well. One thing that I hear a lot in my community is artists think, oh my gosh, why would I pay somebody 500, 600, 1000, 1200? Why would I give them a full-time wage when I can have that money? And I'm like, no, you pay them that so you can make more money in the long run and also enjoy life a bit more as well. It takes a while to get to that place because like you do have to make the money to do that, but they will make you money. So I'd love to touch on motherhood. Are we, can we talk about that? Of course, of course. I feel like the reason I wanted to talk about this is because obviously I'm not a mother yet. I'm a dog mum. So I can't really talk much about this because I don't have that experience. I'm in a position in my business where I can be super duper selfish, work till 9pm if I feel compelled to. Yes, yes, live that independent (laughs) woman life. Ah, good times. (laughs) 
<laughs> but as well, you know, I see a lot, I would say actually over 50% of my community and my students are mums. They're working mums. And I, you know, I will watch them. We'll do like Zoom sessions. We'll do like coaching sessions. And half my screen has children on it because there will be 7 p.m. and the kids will be there and they'll have like their little iPad and their mums will be there like listening to what I'm teaching them. And I think, oh my God, that is so inspiring and must be so difficult to just manage it all. Like you're showing up, you're trying to grow your business and you're trying to be a great mum. It must be so hard. And when I talk to them, the main thing that they're asking me about is mum guilt. And I can't give any advice on this. So I feel like you're the perfect person to kind of talk about this with. How do we manage mum guilt if we can? This is my favourite topic to discuss with other mums. First of all, shout out to all the mamas out there and the papas, the parents, the caregivers. It's not easy to juggle work and parenthood. There is no one formula. There is no, like, this is the way to do it because every child is unpredictable. Every child is different. No two children are the same. And with mum gut, what I have learned is, is actually like, it's actually proven that it's, it's built into women. Like it's, it's in our hormones. And I, I speak a lot to other mums and it's never going to go away. Even when do all the things you should do, you will have mum guilt for something else. I, I juggle with it constantly constant even though I think I say to myself I say to myself but yeah like but think you're still seeing your child more than some other people might who work full-time the benefit of being your own boss is that you have the flexibility however what people don't tell you about being your own boss is you're working late at night answering emails late at night you might be working more day more hours than somebody else because you are your own boss because it's you doing everything the marketing the sales the finance the admin all of that you are wearing a million hats while also trying to you know potty train your child make sure your partner you give them enough attention that you see your friends that you are like going to the gym drinking enough water like there's so many so many things that we have to do it's like the barbie quote it's that it is like i cried when i saw that kaylee like at the cinema and i was looking around like this is so am i meant to cry like this is this is really hitting home we we can't it is there's so many there are so many expectations and most of the time it's us that put that on us it is it's us with those kind of feelings and with mum girl what I say to people is other mums who or parents who are working is that that doesn't go away and that's the absolute truth at the end of the day if your child is is loved and cared for and is happy that's you're doing a great job and you're probably doing a way better job than you give yourself credit for and I I'm the other day I just feel like I'm so rubbish. He's like, don't be ridiculous. But I know it's because I'm hormonal and I'm, I'm premenstrual. I'm just like, oh, I'm just so shit at everything. But with, with, with mum girl, it, it's weird because it suddenly just happens. And I didn't, I never felt it before. Obviously. I had a child and then boom, they're born and it, you have it instantly because I think, oh, I haven't posted on Instagram this week. Oh, I haven't posted, I haven't done this. I haven't replied to that email. And then you try to make sure that you're present with your child, but also making sure that that part of your business is still going so you can pay for your mortgage and pay for childcare. And then you have to work your ass off for childcare and classes. And then you get it from other people. That's another thing as well. Not only do you get mum guilt yourself, you get mum guilt from other people by saying things and that doesn't help as well. And that's really, really hard. It's like, oh, you're away too much. Or, oh, like, oh, I'm worried about you. You're doing too much. Or where's where's Winnie? Who's Winnie with? 
And I'm like, she's with her father. Internet, DMs, like, I don't know what it is. Like, men never get asked that. Men never, they don't. I'm sorry. I've, I've had this discussion with two men on a podcast and men never get asked, oh, like, where are your kids? Who are your kids with? It's very different when it's a woman working. And it is, I'm sorry, it is. You, you, you do get mum shamed as well as the mum guilt. So you get mum shamed and then you get mum guilt from the mum shaming. So it is it is tough. In short, if you are feeling the mum guilt, know that you are doing an amazing job, mama. You are smashing it. As long as they are happy, you're happy, they're healthy, they're fed, they're cuddled and adored, you're doing great. That's, that's I think that's probably the only advice I could give. I just teared up. I like just teared up. Okay. Oh, <laughs> when you, when you said mama. When I'm having a bad day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I don't have children, but I see it so clearly in, in my community. Like my first assistant, Claire, she has three children. If you shout out Claire, if you're listening. Shout out Claire. And she, I mean, it's, it, to me, I just observe her and it's like, you're a superwoman because you've got three children. She's separated from her husband. So, you know, she's very much managing it solo sometimes and coming on set, working a 12 hour day with me, going to weddings. And yeah, she says it's hard. She, she says it's really difficult because she's doing this for them. And that's what she has to tell herself is I'm doing this for them and to show them how bloody cool their mum is. Well, that's the thing. I think loads of people think, oh, one's mutually exclusive. You can be an awesome mum and an awesome business owner and you can do both. You can rock both. And like you said, you're doing it for them, but you also need to do it for you at the same time because I love what I do. Absolutely love it. I think it's, this is the thing I say to people, I sometimes feel like I'm living a double life. Like, honestly, like if you saw me away from work and this is I had this discussion with my mum friends the other day I said to my friends you must think I'm like bipolar or have like a split personality because I'm here in a top knot and sweats and then you see me on Instagram in another country with my hair straightened and I'm wearing full makeup and I said I'm not fake I'm not, I have a real this just, I'm, just, I'm in mum mode and I can't wear that when I'm doing soft play that's just like, and I often I'm like I can't and I and that's the thing when I am with with my with my daughter, I obviously are in mum mode, and then when I'm at work mode, I'm in work mode, and I, I love both parts of me. I do, and I, that's the thing. And for a while, I did struggle with a bit of an identity crisis because I'm like, well, who am I? Like, am I that or am I that? Like, what am I? And you can be both. You can, and I think it's important that you don't give up on the, your original dream because that's what your dream was. That was your first baby, wasn't it? Your business is probably your first baby. So shout out to the mamas who are smashing both and yeah, showing your children that you can be an awesome business person and a great parent. Oh, I love that. I love that. I love that we spoke about that. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Um, do you have like 15 more minutes? I've got all the time in the world for you. So just before we go on to the little game that I play, I did want to touch a little bit on the gram, which I think is your total superpower. It is your total superpower from day dot. I've been obsessed with your Instagram stories. So I actually have a couple of questions. I have a couple of questions from the community. Yeah, please, please. I love, I love this like topic. It's 
So I find it fascinating and I love, and I'm passionate about it. I love it. Okay. So this was asked by Rachel and she said, what are your biggest Instagram tips for attracting your ideal client? And I really wanted to ask you this because you are the queen of the gram and I see your comments. Your brides are in your comments talking about how much they love you. And I just want to say this because I don't know if people know this, but you really, really do connect with your brides to the point where didn't you go and watch a couple of yours get tattoos? Like yeah. You're, you're <laughs> partying with them. You're going and getting tattoos with them. <laughs> How? I'm, I'm involved. It's probably my toxic trait. I get too involved. <laughs> um, everybody's different. As in, don't get me wrong. I know some people are like, I have boundaries with my clients. I'm like, cool. I don't have any boundaries. That's probably a bad thing. However, it works for me. Some people are like, oh, I don't text couples. It's purely email. For me, as soon as they have booked the contract deposit, I'm like, right, let's move this to WhatsApp. That is literally step one. If we're talking about client relationships, and then I'll kind of dip into the Instagram side, but I I move it to WhatsApp as soon as possible. And for me, I'm a voice noter, as we know. I am n- I'm not great on email. And trust me, I do all the email for all the legit stuff that's all contractually there. However, to build an authentic relationship with my client, it has to be through texting, WhatsApping, voice noting, where they can truly open up and be themselves and for me to get to know them on a kind of just a deeper level. And that's enables me to get the photographs that I do because the trust is there. And you'd be amazed what you can pick up from those conversations that will help you and their day. I could tell you a million things as in, I was in a car, me, Valentina and Russell were in a car with our couple. And I was, I asked questions that I know might sound just really simple, but I know are important to understand the couple's love language, their core values, what's important to them. And she happened to mention her favorite movie was Moulin Rouge. And I just remembered it because I think there are little things like that which always come back later. And he was writing his vows and he was asking my advice. And I was like, you got to quote Moulin Rouge, the greatest, the greatest thing you'll ever learn. And he's like, do you think so? I'm like, put it in there. She'll love it. You've got to have that in there. It's her favorite movie. And he did, he put it in there and I, I, he put it in his, in his vows to her. And then I went back to bridal prep and they were playing Moulin Rouge. I'm like, okay, so that she really does love Moulin Rouge. Says it in his vows and the whole, the whole place erupted with laughter and she's crying. And they play, like, it was, it was a good shout, but that's because I asked the right questions. So I would say, don't be afraid to do that. That really works for me. Um, in terms of Instagram, I really, really kind of showcase my personality um, through stories. I think stories, people never underestimate the importance and the power of Instagram stories for so many reasons. Instagram stories, algorithm wise, you'll have way more views than likes likes on a post. So always post stories. You don't need to post every single day to Instagram. This is the mistake people make. They're like, oh, I need to post every single day. No, you don't. Quality, 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 every single time. However, stories, yes, every single day. And keep stories light and fun. They don't always need to be professional or business related. People will sit and look at a meme or just a random video because people are nosy. They want to see what you're up to. So I always say post stories of anything and everything. Even if people say to me, yeah, but I'm not, I'm not outgoing. I'm really bored. doesn't matter. People will sit and watch a video of you walking your dog. They, people will just watch anything, post, whatever it is. And what 
is authentic to you and your personality showcase. A really good example is Mrs. Hinch. She built an entire business off Instagram stories. That's the best example. And I used to follow her. She doesn't do it so much now, but I was like, I wonder if I could be like the Mrs. Hinch of weddings and just ramp up the stories. And that's kind of what I did. And for years, I would hold back on my stories because I was like, well, I can't post that because that's not professional. That's too out there. And then as soon as I realized, yeah, but I am my brand. You are your brand. Your brand is the most powerful thing about your business. And I say to people, you want to build a brand, not a business, because people buy into a brand. And typically what loads of us as business owners is we call our brand our name, don't we? So you're okay. I'm Rebecca. So don't hide behind a business name. You are your brand. So showcase your brand. Do that through Instagram stories. And then you'd be amazed how many clients refer to stories and see things in stories and get to know you. And the most common thing I get when people inquire is, oh, I watch videos of you. I felt like we'd we'd hang out and we'd be best mates. I felt like I could have you around on my wedding day and we'd have a laugh. And that's what I want because especially with elopements, I'm hanging out with them for hours and it's literally just me. And that connection is so important. And when you have that connection with a couple and when they are investing in you as a person and as a brand, they will happily invest in you and they're not going to quibble on, they're not going to haggle on the price because they want you. And that's the difference between you and a competitor. Because yes, there are a million photographers who have you know a similar shooting style, the same edit or the same preset, or they might cost less or whatever it is. But ultimately, as a prospective client, if you were to sit down and decide between two humans you connect with and you think, oh, that one, she likes, she likes that. I like that too. It could be as simple as that, that they connect with, that they're going to want to have you around on their wedding day. So I say to people, just go for it with stories, just post all day, every day. And the sweet spot is five. If you can post 10, great, but the drop-off rate after five goes down. Just keep posting that. And it takes it takes time to grow, but if you show up and serve the audience that are there, they're invested in you, they love you, and they know you, and they trust you. It's the no like, and trust factor, isn't it? So that's why I say is never underestimate the power of an Instagram story. That, that's inspired me because I feel like sometimes I can be a bit lax with the stories and your it's inspired posts are so me. Good though, Kaylee. Your posts are great. <laughs> the posts are good, but the stories I just sometimes just do a cheeky repost of what I posted. That's so. fine. More dog content, more dog content. More please. dog content. We'll do that. Do you have time for a little game? Yes, I love games. Yay. Okay. This one is called Smashing the Gate and it's just a oh. quick fire round of anti-gatekeeping questions. And some of Ooh, these yes. have been submitted by our little question answer box. So feel free to elaborate because obviously anti-gatekeeping sometimes cannot be done in a quick fire round. But yeah, are you ready? Okay. Hit me. Okay, <laughs> let's go. Right. So Demi has asked, how did you find your signature style? Did it evolve naturally over time or was it a conscious decision? Oh, good question, Demi. That's a really good question. I think it's evolved over time. It is still evolving. I think it always does because you see things differently. You change as a person. Every couple's different. I think it's evolved over time. I've always liked the idea of the imagery because I don't think the term timeless really exists with photography because everything is of the time at the time. But I've always wanted my colors to be not too drastic, to be kind of medium. But I love kind of, I love a punchy contrast. Um, That I'll always love. But style is constantly changing. And I look back at some of my old work, I'm like, oh dear, 
what was that? Yes, um, yes. But you can still, but you can still see you're there. You can. Trends do come and go, and I, I try and keep it kind of classic and not too. I don't know. It's it's really hard because photography, you get so influenced, and you look at so much other photography, and you're like, oh, that's cool, and you're like, wait, you don't shoot like that. Why, why, why are you considering that? So it has changed and it has evolved and forever evolving over time. In short, thanks, Demi. <laughs> That was a really good question, Demi. And I think to just let Demi know from both of us, because I look back at the Disney series and I love the memories and I love that it played a part in my growth, but the makeup that I did at the Disney series is not what I do now. It's it's different. It's evolved. It's because makeup has evolved as well. So to just allow Six yourself years. to evolve. Yeah, yeah. You know, but also like, like you said, just let go and just go with it and the first couple of years off for kind of figuring out what your signature style is. And I, I thought it was what it was. So if you look at the Stephen Beauty shoot, you're like, whoa, was Rebecca a fine art photographer? Was she <laughs> yeah. light and airy? What was she? What was that green? But I, I think I was I was really like influenced by Jose Villa and fine art. I thought I was going to be a fine art photographer. But then in England, you don't always get the fine art vibe um, with light and settings. So then I was kind of went a bit more darker, more media. And then but that's what happens as a creative. You're constantly changing and figuring out what you like, what you don't like. And you'll be, you'll see other artists and other photographers and you're like, oh, I like that. Oh, I love that. Oh, don't like that. And it's just whatever speaks to you as a person, but don't go with a style because you think that's what everybody else wants, because there is a photographer for every type of couple. There is. And there are people who love your work and there'll be people who hate your work. But do you love your work? Is what I say to people. As long as you love it and then somebody else will love it and connect with it. Love that. Love that. What is, if you could just put it down to one thing that contributed to the success of your business now, what would that one thing be? Style shoots. <laughs> Hands. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's be completely honest. Style shoots definitely were a massive, massive part in where I am today. And I've, I would say this to people, like, don't be embarrassed. Don't shy away from them. There's no, I don't know. There's, it's a really weird, some people are like, yeah, style shoot. Some people are like, it's not a real wedding. Doesn't matter. It's content and it's creating aspirational content to show potential clients what you can do and what they could have or what their wedding could be. And it also gives you a chance to try things and photograph things that you wouldn't normally do or have time for on a wedding day. Because let's be honest, a style shoot is not a wedding. It is not. And for me, I have never shied away. If you look at my captions for style shoots, I am categorical. I am Black and white, this is a styled shoot. Styling, plan, duh. I am so, so clear that this is a styled shoot. So, so clear. But you'd be amazed how many couples say, oh, I saw that shoot you did with the bridesmaids dresses, so I've done the same. Oh, I saw that shoot you did with the car, we want to do the same. I've seen that styled shoot you did. People, the amount of clients who refer to styled shoots that I have shot and do the same or have booked me because of that styled shoot because they want the same. So I say to people, don't shy away from it. And con you should constantly be creating new content and pushing yourself and pushing boundaries and experimenting, trying things because if not, it gets stale. And the thing of wedding days, as glorious and wonderful as they are, they are not your days. And I think with loads of photographers, they're like, oh, like we're constantly thinking about content. And we are, let's be honest, because marketing and content go hand in hand. The wedding 
training days are not for your marketing. It's a bonus if you can share. Don't get me wrong. It's wonderful, but not everything. You can't share everything. It's not possible. So that is where style shoots come in, where you can create stuff that does excite you or it's going to excite future clients. It keeps it fresh. It keeps it exciting. And it's so important to keep creating. And I've never shied away from style shoots. I love them. Some of my favorite shoots have been style shoots and I've, you learn so much from them. You'd be amazed what you do learn from styled shoots. And I always say to people, if they say to me, what would you invest in a new camera or a styled shoot? I'd say styled shoot every day. It doesn't matter. Your kit could be gathering dust, but if you have not got content to share and market, you haven't got business. People don't know you exist. People don't know you can shoot that. And people always say this to me, like, how do you get into destination weddings? How do I think we'll just go to a destination and shoot? And that's what happened to me. I was very much wanted to get into destination, but I wasn't getting any destination queries. I did the whole classic hashtag Santorini photographer, hashtag Italy wedding photographer. But if you're showing a wedding that isn't destination, they don't know you can do that. So the investment in styled shoots always, always comes back around. They're the best, best money for your portfolio and for your business. If you're working in our industry, without a doubt. The best money, you, you never, you'll never regret spending it. The return on investment always comes back around. And because with style shoots, you can control it. You have the time to make sure that it is going to be beneficial to you and the team. Um, so style shoots, woo. We love them. We love them. Honestly, we're team style shoot. Sydney has actually asked a question that really relates to where we were going with this. She has asked, how did you break the barrier in terms of landing those destination weddings? Um, yeah. So I was on Pinterest and I was like, oh, San- you see Santorini, don't you? It's always like, as a wedding photographer, it's like the dream. And for me, it was on my vision board. I'm very much into manifesting. If you're like, oh, woo woo, say what you will, manifesting and, dream- and vision boards work, but only if you apply it and actually go out and do it for yourself, if that makes sense. So it was always on my vision board. And I just really was like, I want to go, I want to shoot in Santorini, but I didn't, would I get a single inquiry for there? No, nothing. So this is literally what happened. I had that one shoot with you with Sleeping Beauty. So I worked with Valentina once, who is a wedding planner, emailed her and said, hey, I've just booked flights to Santorini. Like, do you want to do a shoot in Santorini? A styled shoot. And I've never done a destination styled shoot. Never. Just just loads in England. And she's like, yeah, let's do it. And created a mood board. And we're like, okay, so where do we go from here? But in true Valentina style, she made a beautiful, beautiful mood board because I didn't have an idea. I didn't have a vision. I was just like, just Santorini. Obviously, like you've got to refine that and have a purpose and make sure it's styled. But in true Rebecca style, I was just like, Santorini is the theme. <laughs> um, gosh, it's literally me. Um, we, we, we put a call out for a team on the Styled Shoots group on Facebook. We found Storm. Storm was like, yeah, I'll do this. And bear in mind, this shoot was not for profit. We were all investing our own money. So we all paid for all our own expenses. And we were all just like, yeah, we, we purely went for content. And we couldn't afford models. Like I had no money to pay for models. So I, I, I managed to convince Jessica, who did I did princess parties with. So I was, this is the app, this is the story. So I was Anna and she was Elsa for princess parties. She's beautiful, like absolutely beautiful. And I was like, she would be brilliant for this. She'd be a great model. And I put on stories saying, hey, does anyone want a want a model for being Santorini? Nobody, nobody wanted to. Of course I didn't. Unpaid. And she's like, oh, 
like, that could be fun. I was like, would you do it? Would you and Will do it? If it would you come to Santorini? Managed to convince her and Will to have a holiday in Santorini and model for me. And then they became a model couple and I kind of told them what to do as a model couple. And now this, this is what they do. Jessica and Will, shout out to Jess and Will, are now a model couple. And then it got published and went viral. You still see it on Pinterest now. And it's the best, I don't know, two grand, 1500 pounds I've ever spent. And that style shoot is the gift that keeps on giving. That That's literally what happened. So if you have an idea, just invest in it, go with it, get a team and invest in content. So that in short is how destination, if you want a destination wedding, go to the destination. So if you're going on holiday, bring your camera. There's loads of workshops now as well. There's so many. That's the thing back then. There weren't tons of destination workshops. There's loads now. So invest in destination content to get destination weddings because people need to know that you can work in a destination. Um, you might get lucky. Sometimes you do. People might hit you up for an inquiry that they think, oh yeah, she could, she could work. But if they see your work in our country or that type of country, that's how it works. So mic drop. Thank you, Sydney. Okay, last two questions. And these are juicy ones, okay? These are juicy oh, ones, but oh. I thought you're the girl to ask these questions to. So number one thing you wish makeup artists would do when they're working with photographers. Oh, I did actually get into trouble about this um, maybe a few years ago. So, okay, I would just say on behalf of lots of photographers, not all, I love hair and makeup artists. I can't do my job about them. I always push for one. They elevate bride, groom's look too. They're just amazing. The only thing, like what frustrates me sometimes is just time management. Not all, sometimes when, and I, I get with lots of artists, photographers don't send the photos. That's on us as photographers, not me. I send previews within 24 hours, That's but that's me. <laughs> but I know of lots of photographers, they don't get imagery that you can use because let's be honest, some photographers take some really arty shit. And as a makeup artist, that has absolutely zero use for you in your portfolio. You can't use an image that is landscape of them on a mountain. That doesn't show anything. You need portraits of them looking at the camera with minimal editing so they can see what the makeup looks like. And I, I'm very aware of that because I've done style shoots. I know what every team member needs. So what I would say is just time management. So I've done weddings where they get their camera out. That's fine. I, if you want to bring your own camera, that's cool. And then they're doing a TikTok and another TikTok. And I, I have no problem with that, but just factor that time into the time schedule because then what happens is the wedding planner or the coordinator looks at me and is like why are we late and I'm like I'm ready I'm just standing here we're not going by my clock it's when the bride is ready to go and leave to get married so I would just say like do all of that and don't get me wrong I completely respect that people need to get and don't get me wrong, I love a makeup TikTok I am on TikTok I love it I know the I know the importance of content creation more than anybody else I am so here for it but just factor it into the timing and I say to brides are you going to be doing that because some brides I work with content creators and influencers who need all of that that's cool you, you're going to need 20 minutes half an hour if you're going to do before and after if you're going to jump into your dress and do a transition but just time management and just make sure that they're ready on time on photographers if you're listening like take decent portraits of the hair and makeup so they have something to work with so get a shot of the back of the hair if it's an update get a shot of it window light get a shot of the portrait looking down looking up to the side like 
get those shots that you can use. So it has to go both ways because I know with photographers, we don't always do that. So make sure you're thinking about them too. So that's what I would say. I couldn't agree more with anything you're saying. And here's my perspective on it. And I think this comes from me having a commercial background more than a wedding background. When I go on a commercial job, I'm paid to go on that commercial job. I'm not paid to go there and get content. I'm paid to go and do an amazing job. So for me going on a commercial, I know I ain't getting them images. I'm I'm cool with that. I'm getting a paycheck. And I think I've always approached weddings in the same way. If I can get an image, happy days, but I'm not, it's, it's really great if I can get one, but I'm not going there with any content in mind. I'm going to get the content I want on content days, portfolio days, storms, portfolio days. That's my time to get my content. The day is the bride's day, not mine. So I completely agree with everything you're saying. But it, it's not it's not all them. It is us as well. I know photographers, we do lots of things that annoy you guys. Heck yeah, we're not perfect. We're all over, the, we're moving all around. We're telling you to redo things. We're telling you to touch up the lips, which you've already done. I know it goes both ways, but I think it's, I know a lot of it comes down to just time. Time, there's nothing like time on a wedding morning. It's the bit that feels like it drags and then it just goes. And then you're like, okay, you need to get in your dress, you need to go. And you're like, oh. And for me, I personally love to have 20 minutes for bridal portraits, 20 minutes, close-ups, them, face, makeup, bouquet, dress, flapping the dress, veil. Like I, I put it in my timeline. I need 20 minutes minimum for bridal portraits because what happens a lot with brides is they get ready so quickly. They don't even stop and look. That's really common because it goes by so quickly. And I say to brides, I want you to have that time so you can look in the mirror, take it all in and appreciate it and because this, this, this is the best you can look all day because <laughs> I do. So I say you need that time to just stop and just center yourself and look at this amazing dress, this veil. Because I know as a bride myself, I peaked on my wedding day. My makeup has never looked as good as that day. Let's be honest. So I say like, take it all in and stop and look and enjoy it. Because I'd rather that, because when they rush out the door, it's just chaotic. And then they're sweating, they're stressed, they're anxious. So play music, play, like have a speaker as well. Like if a makeup artist has a speaker already playing, I'm like, yes, it's not awkward in here, is what I'd say. (laughs) Speaker, music, vibes, yes. (laughs) Yep, 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 yep. Oh my gosh. The best thing I ever did for the vibes was make a bridal playlist on Spotify. Right? Yes always works a treat definitely it's so (laughs) key like people underestimate the vibes of bridal prep like it's for me it if it's done well it can feel like the ultimate getting ready night out with all your favorite people that's how it should feel that is how it should feel that's the key to a really good experience and that's what we're all there for the bride or the groom that is our purpose it's not about us it's not about our portfolio it's not about our content it is about serving our clients and giving them the best possible experience. So they feel good, look great, and they have a brilliant day. That's what is is bigger than all of us. We need to remember that. So in short, it's about them. So vibes, always welcome. Rebecca, I cannot wait to have you one day photograph my wedding day. Um, I can't wait. Yes. It's bring the I'm, playlist. I'm going <laughs> to say it right here, right now. I want it to be the best wedding that you've ever photographed. I'm going to bring the vibes and make oh it Oh my the gosh. Best. Yes. I love, I love that challenge. <laughs> like, I love that. I love need to that. beat everyone. Oh, oh my goodness. I've had such a wonderful conversation. I feel like we got really deep. I feel like we got really real. So thank you so much for just showing up. Thank you so 
so much for having me. It's been really fun. It's been just like old times. It's catching it up. It has. It has. Where can everybody find you? You can find me on Instagram at Rebecca Carpenter Photography. You can find me on TikTok, Rebecca Carpenter Photo, and YouTube. I also have an education account, which is teaching other business professionals how to up level their business with lots of resources and freebies um, and things you can do to benefit your business oh my gosh we didn't even touch on that but we should have really really have so much gratitude for you coming on I know that you are like the busiest person in the world and I didn't know if you would have time I know you're not really doing podcasts right now so just thank you so much because I have loved not only like having you but just catching up with you and can we go to dinner soon yes Pasta place, the Italian yeah. place. Yeah, should we go back there? We ha- we should, we should do it. We yes. Do it yes, let's go. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Rebecca. I've had the best time. I'll let you go. But thank you for your vibes, your energy and your knowledge. Thank you so much, Kaylee. Thank you so much for having me. It's been, it's been a pleasure. You have been listening to a podcast by Kaylee. Thank you so much for tuning in today and being on this mission with me to self-improvement and taking steps towards financial empowerment. If you liked what you heard today, be sure to follow me on the gram at Podcast, where I post pretty much daily. I would also love to hear your thoughts, feedback and energy. So please do leave me a review on iTunes, Spotify or wherever you are listening today. In the meantime, I want you to go forward, believe in yourselves and be the change you want to see. Bye guys. 